magic is this? What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Box to Box. It's me, Harry Hicks, joined here with Thomas McKeon and Max Botcher. Um, how are you guys doing? How's your day? Freaking horrible. <laughs> Why horrible. Why? Busy? Well, 5-0, lost. Uh, my day. I was thinking about <laughs> anything else other than soccer, but... If I'm being honest, Nogglesman out, you know? What is going on here? <laughs> Man was not even on entire assistant coaching staff out. Nagelsman only only Nagelsman. So what what if he has COVID? Like show up to the game, you know? Like what this is your duty. (laughs) I'm wondering if he's like on like watching the game and like giving calls to like his assistant staff, because that's that's basically I mean hop on a still be the guy. I'm sure something happens that I'm sure at halftime something happens. I know up until kickoff, they have like FaceTime calls and they go over tactics yeah. and Nagelsmann obviously picks the squad too. But like those adjustments in game can't happen. Yeah. Which like he wants to do. They need yeah. they need like a robot with a TV screen with Nagelsmann's face like rolling on the sideline, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like his voice projecting <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Until then, this will always happen without him on the side. Um, All right. Well, obviously, there's some stuff to talk about there. But I think before we jump into uh, some match recaps, let's start off by talking about uh, the big news of the day. We heard about an hour ago that Ronald Koeman was fired from uh, FC Barcelona. You guys have any initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I got the text from from Fabrizio Romero. Romano, 30 <laughs> minutes before anyone else knew. Oh, sure. <laughs> you let me know. What did you say, Max? Ole in? Ole yeah, leaves Ole Man in? United. Yeah. <laughs> Ole leaves Man United. That's takes... what they, that's what <laughs> yeah, they swap. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I know I know the current favorites that just came out are, are uh, Xavi, obviously. I don't know if... I mean, obviously, he would like to take the job, and I don't think this is, like, the right time to take it. You know, because this is probably not a job that anyone wants to take on right now. Yeah, I mean, no. it is Barcelona, but it's not like you're going to really have the money to get the players that you want to get. You're going to really have to work with the players they have right now. And honestly, like the team's not horrible. They have a lot of good youngsters, but I don't know if it's the right time for Xavi because if Xavi doesn't pan out for Barcelona now, he's probably never going to get a job again. You know, like, or at least not with Barcelona, like what you fail and then you come back in the future, like that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who like other options would be. Do you have any other thoughts? Because I don't. I have like no idea. I think he would be the only only person who would take the job. Right. Yeah. Um, Because I was thinking of like, okay, obviously Antonio Conte has been heavily linked to United, but no way he takes this position. He wants to win a trophy. He's not going to win a trophy with Barcelona. Um, right. But I think I think it is a tough job to go into. But I mean I was looking at today's lineup and they have like a good side. Like their team is not terrible. 
-hmm. that's why I think and it, my first thought was, okay, that's kind of hard um, on Komen to be fired under such tough circumstances for Barcelona. But honestly, not really. They have like a decent side. They had Aguero, Depay, and Dust as they're starting three up top today. That yeah. feels like a pretty good side. Maybe not like historically Barcelona level, but Depay mm -hmm. and Aguero are world-class players. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you know, you have... Frankie de Jong, I guess Frankie de Jong didn't play. He might have been hurt or something like that. Um, but Coutinho, and then they had that guy Nico Gonzalez in there today, who was like one of the best players on the field, a youngster. So yeah. they have, and that's without Pedri and Frankie de Jong. So they have a really mm -hmm. good team. But I don't think, I think it is Coman's fault. I think he deserves to be fired. <laughs> um, yeah. One zero loss. Um, Falcao got destroyed, or Falcao destroyed PK on a little spin. Um, yeah. It's crazy that PK is still their best center back, like even 10, 15 years later. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is crazy. And I think the main thing with Coleman was like they literally couldn't fire him because they couldn't hire anyone else and they couldn't afford anyone else. But I think at this point, it's gotten so bad that they had to do something, you know? I feel like, like they take, put Chavi on a one year contract. That way it doesn't have yeah. to be like too much money or whatnot, you know? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's. Works for yeah. both parties involved. Put Xavi on a one-year contract and see what happens. Yeah, but then Xavi is like, why would I just do a one-year contract? Like, what's in it for yeah, him? That is true. Like, he's he's helping out his team, and like, I don't think he would like demand an insane amount of money because I think he really does want to coach Barcelona. Right. I just don't know if he would do like a one-year contract right now, or you know, it's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a process now. Like, he can't come in and expect to win like the league this year, or even next year, honestly. Well, I, I did see, uh, I think a month ago, you know, that, uh, like the website masterclass, Chavi came out with a masterclass episode I, on I Barcelona that. tactics. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he's the, he's the most prolific, um, person to speak on that. He's the master. So, he's the master. Huh. except everyone uh, knows his tactics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but I think, honestly, I think, I think he could do well there. Um, and like I said earlier, there's a good team. There's a lot to build on. Um, apparently they still have money. Somehow they're planning on buying people over the summer, maybe even in the window if he gets in the January window if he gets in there quickly. Um, so I think there's definitely still a team there. I think it's not a mm -hmm. catastrophe, and I think he definitely could save the season and try to um, probably not get Champions League, but Europa League or something at least stay in yeah. playing in Europe. You know, it's, yeah. it's still early in the season. If Xavi go, gets in there and actually. Um, plays the right players and implements somewhat of a system, I think this Barcelona squad still is better than um, most of the La Liga. And yeah. I think probably what well, we have like 30 games left in the season. Right. I think they can get Champions League at least. And I, I don't think they have a chance of winning the league, but um, I think that's the goal for Barcelona at this point is go for top, I guess it's, is it top three in La Liga? Uh, I don't know. I bet it's still I'm top four. Sure. Yeah, probably. Still yeah, one, two, three, four, Champions League, fifth is Europa. Yeah. Um, I know some of the other names they've been talking about, like like Andre Pirlo, which would be like horrible. I don't even know why they would consider sense. that. Like Roberto Martinez, Marcelo Gallardo, um, Roberto, uh, Robert Moreno. So, <clears throat> I mean, they don't really have that many options, which is why they didn't want to fire him in the first place. But 
I mean, it's, it's just a mess. I know, um, I know the odds makers or, or whatever made like a 5% chance that Cristiano Ronaldo becomes the player manager <laughs> at Man United. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, but, but that, I mean, that'll never happen, but that's like crazy. Yeah. Busquets as a manager of Barcelona, PK. I think Busquets would probably be a, like an insane manager. I don't know. Honestly, the more like talking about it right now, though, I have I have faith in Xavi to turn it around if he does get appointed. Just because, um, like, whatever, it's Barcelona; they can make something happen. Um, stranger things have happened with them before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously, Xavi's Ch- like world class. Um, I assume he has some pretty good tactical knowledge within him. Maybe he doesn't have the experience um, of a, you know long-time manager, but I think he definitely has skill. So mm-hmm. He respected the players, too. Oh, definitely. That's also one thing Coma doesn't have. They all disrespect him and don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Depay doesn't respect him after <laughs> missing that penalty today, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think um, I think Chavi could do all right. Um, do we want to just jump right into match recaps then? I think I'm ready. Yeah, I we mean, we can start with with Chelsea. I uh, tied one one to Southampton and then um, prevailed four to three in penalties. Um, Southampton, I think, is like our kryptonite over the past few years. Obviously, we beat them three mm-hmm. one last time out, but it was a kind of a tough game. And I think we last season we tied and lost to them, so we don't really have the best record against them. But um, kind of a shitty game by Chelsea, but we Kepa saved us in the. Shootout. Um, Tom, yeah. What do you think? I thought one of the biggest issues was playing like Barkley and Ziesh on the two sides of um, Havertz. I think if you're going to play Kai, Kai's going to be a false nine and he's going to be dropping in. And what does that does is open up space on the wings. And you can't have Ziyech, who also drops down every single time to receive, and Barkley, who is basically playing as a third midfielder, um, all basically just like hugging that area of the field. And there was no <clears throat> no stretch. There was no stretching of Southampton's defense. All that all that, that was happening, we were trying to get the ball into that area, and it would just get pinged back, or just like we would hit a brick wall because we were creating our own brick wall. Um, I thought that was frustrating, and in the second half we played better when we moved Hudson Odoi up to the wing and um, Mount came on <clears throat> and that's sort of that, that makes sense when Havertz is in that false nine position. Um, but we still kind of do much. Yeah. I, I think, think some of my other like frustrations with the game um, came from like the left side of our field. I thought um, Sal Alonso were very poor. That was like the Alonso we saw under Lampard, the guy. Him and Saul had so many fouls and literally yeah. just could not connect mm-hmm. a pass. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they had a meeting beforehand just to play like shit or whatnot, but literally. They're <laughs> <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> talking Spanish. No, but <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. And I think that was a problem just because that wing back position, like we talked about, is so important to how yeah. we play. And if Alonso's off his game like he was and doesn't have the midfield to back him up, um, then we look like how we looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some positives that came away from that game is Kai Havertz. I thought he played pretty well. 
I think he yeah. did drop into that space, which Ziek and Barkley were crowding him. Um, so he didn't really change his game because of them, which maybe he could have done better. But I thought he looked good. He was much more aggressive than he normally is, which I thought was good. He was finding space. He had a goal from a header, um, which actually, I don't know if you guys know, made him Thomas Tuchel's, or the top goal scorer in the Thomas Tuchel era. Um, with seven goals. So I thought he played pretty well. Um, I think also Kovacic played well. I don't think it was his best game ever, but I think he definitely was one of the better players on the pitch um, with his dribbling and trying to get out of those tight spaces and honestly trying to slow the game down and kind of build up our possession, which we didn't really have. Yeah, he's um, so press resistant, and that's what right. Southampton could have had a lot more goal or a lot more chances if Kovacic wasn't in that game. Right. And then lastly, I think Reese James, he also um, looks strong in a back mm-hmm. line of an inexperienced back line of Trevor Chalaba and Malang Sar, yeah. who were kind of all over the place and didn't really look confident. That was definitely not Trevor Chalaba's best game. Um, and so I think the three of them kind of proved why they are either starters or um, week to week. Um, so yeah. I thought the three of them actually played, played pretty well despite the circumstances. Um, what do you think of Keppa and shootouts? Keppa's our man in shootouts. <laughs> that yeah, that, that one like save a... was incredible where he actually guessed the right way and it was it was like a perfect penalty to the corner and Keppa, Keppa got there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he always wins the shootouts. Like he's always in these games. He has I the most saves. Most penalty saves in Chelsea history, I think. Is eight. Petr Cech is the next with six. Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. It is. Remember, I, this made me think of. Remember when uh, Maurizio Sarri wanted to take him off before the penalty shootout to put in Caballero? <laughs> yeah. And like, no, 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 no. That's that's his specialty. But they yeah, lost think, that one. They lost that, that one. Yeah. I think they did. But um, he also the goal. If Mendy is in goal um, for Southampton's open play goal, Mendy does uh, not let that go through his legs. Um, I don't think that was all Keppa's error, honestly, no. but it wasn't a better goal you could have adjusted sooner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but was, I, I smiled at the end when Reese James put another Carabao Cup penalty shoot out of way. <laughs> and he was just like stood there like, all right, let's do it yeah. again. <laughs> um, also, I, Mason Mount is not a penalty taker. No. Um, after the, the penalty over the weekend uh, with no, no, no. Norwich. Both both penalties, honestly, against Norwich were not the best. Um, the first one, he obviously missed, and then the second one deflected off the goalie. And, and This one, he the goalie was halfway across to the, his right when Mount was shooting, and he had such a jump on him. And, yeah, no way he takes that over. Jorginho would be staring right at him and slotting it down the middle. Yeah, um, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't a confident penalty. It was not in the corner. It was not in the center. It was just kind of in no man's land. Yeah. Um, so I think that's obviously we got away with it, but I don't think he sees himself taking the pens anytime soon. Yeah. Which, also is, Lukaku. which is fine. Lukaku is also a great penalty taker. So we have Jorginho with Lukaku. He doesn't need to be that guy. No, he doesn't need to as well. Um, so I think I think that's fine. He obviously brings so much else to his to the pitch. So yeah. uh, that's not the, not the end of the world. All right, Max. Let's get pissed off. Yeah. Tell us why Byron lost 5-0 to Gladbach today and why Mbolo looks like, I don't know. Well, we might, see a, we might see like a or bid nine. for Mbolo for like 70 mil next, <laughs> next year or something. But um, yeah, I mean, Gladbach played really well. I mean, they were like, they were super clinical. Like 
that first goal, like, um, I feel like there were definitely a few lucky bounces, like, especially off of the Upamecano one where he stepped in. And that was, like, basically a tap-in. But that second goal was, like, incredibly worked. It was beautiful. Like, just played outside, and then it was, like, an open shot, and they just kind of dominated. They played like Byron. But, like, yeah, but, like, Byron, like, defended horribly. Like, it's there was that one goal, I think it was, like, the fourth or fifth, I think it was the fourth goal where it was, like, a long kick by Gladbach, and Upamecano, like, tried headering the ball and got bodied got by bodied. Mbolo and Hernandez just stood nearby and just like watched the ball go in. And the fifth goal was like just placed really well. Like we just got, we just got outworked. And like after the second and third goal, I think Byron like kind of started panicking and they had to score goals, you know, like I understand like the fourth and fifth goal, like they were playing super offensive too. Um, but yeah, that's, Five zero. I think that's our worst loss in forty three game or forty three years. Holy shit! Wow, which is crazy. Um, out of the yeah, I think no, no triple this year. A big problem was that Nagelsmann wasn't there, obviously. Um, but his absence shouldn't result in a five zero loss. You know, he's obviously still like giving instructions. He obviously still has an impact on the team. He's still the manager, you know. He still is giving a pl- game plan to his assistants to how to implement and whatnot. So I just like, I I think I'm still surprised. Um, it almost just like they like switched off, and that was like their, still their strongest lineup. You know, they didn't really mm-hmm. hold back for this tournament. Yeah, um, I mean that's what was like actually unbelievable. Was like we didn't even score one goal, and I mean we had like a few chances, like. There are probably two that I would say like we should have put away, honestly, but I don't know. We just like didn't have it today. And it was just like one of those days where like nothing worked and like everything worked for the other team. But um Yeah, I wonder like do you think part of that is just like exhaustion or anything like that? Because they literally just well, looked like they were couldn't put anything together, you know, they were played yeah. bad. Like really yeah. bad. Well, I think it was like Really, from the defenders, it looked like their minds were like not in the game, like kind of from the beginning. Um, the I think Sane actually had a pretty good game, like he tried like doing things, same thing with Canabri. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll have to like cycle through players a little bit, give some players like rest. Um, I mean, Union Berlin is who we have this weekend, who isn't like an exceptional team, but like. I bet the players are pissed now. They're going to win like 5-0, 6-0. Byron's trying to, trying to slap them. Or they're going to try. But, I yeah, mean... I think, I think today yeah. was... Um, there was a lot of individual errors from Upamecano and other defenders. Um, but I thought Gladbach had an incredible game plan. Um, and just executed like their their strings of passes i think the second goal second goal was one of the better team goals i've seen in a while they strung like five passes together so quickly and put it away um but i'm more impressed by having a shutout against Bayern. i feel like i've never seen that Bayern usually Mm -hmm. scores like three or four goals against anyone they played like a similar um game the to benfica they had the three four three um where but like they did an even better job of just like suffocating the space with like Muller and Sane and Navri. They would get the ball and then 
center backs would be pressing them in their um, center mids would just like close them down. They had no space. And I thought that this was like Gladbach going for it because they know that this is the best chance they have for a trophy and they played a perfect game. Um, But I think it was their game plan that really shut down Bayern. I think also going forward, like they're obviously great defensively. And going forward, I think one thing they did well from that 3-4-3 formation is really utilizing the width with because with the lack of Davies in a defensive position because he was mm-hmm. playing so far forward yet again they really used utilized that space in behind him which dragged over Upamecano um and then there's so much space in the middle like for that team goal he hit it um you know he was unmarked at the back post yeah and mm-hmm. I think there was some they found so much space in doing that and I think Part of that is because of all that space available behind Davies that they were obviously trying to target. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that switches up their game plan in the future, Bayern's game plan in the future at all. Um, but it was kind of interesting because they really did see that as a weakness and mm-hmm. attacked it. Yeah, if yeah. I'm a if I'm a team playing Bayern in a big game, I'm looking to this game as like how you break right, down Bayern. Template. They're yeah, that their right wing. Where it was, they would constantly had like a two on one against Davies, and like that's pretty rare against Bayern. Um, and also the guy, the right, the right wing back. I was looking up; he's an American, Joe Scally. Joe Scally was a Gladbach playing right wing back for Gladbach, and he had an incredible game. He got back and like had some. He had the like sliding tackle against Sane to break up that goal, and he was great down the right wing back. So. That's a guy to yeah, look out for. That's nice to hear. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't even I've never heard of him. Yeah, me neither. Um but yeah, I think uh I think looking at this game, like you guys said, as a template to beat Byron is like what other teams are gonna do. And I think Harry, you actually touched on this maybe an episode or two ago about like the way to beat Byron is honestly to go for the win, like to attack. Because you're not you're not like the defense is our hardest or our weakest players, right? And I think that's what Gladbach did today. Like, they went for the win. They had the fans behind them. Um, and then they had Bayern on their on their heels, you know? Um, so, I think that's you got to hand it to them. They played a good game. Yeah, and I think that's the fact that they were on their heels the whole game, um, right from, what is it, the second minute. Yeah. Um, they, I think that kind of got in their head. And maybe without Nagelsmann there, they don't really have the... Um, assurance that they normally would and that could be also why then going forward they either flubbed their chances or you know played too quickly when they could have slowed down a little bit and connected some passes Um, yeah and also sometimes like some teams like it might be a mental thing some teams just have your number like frankfurt always gives byron a hard try like earlier this year like our first game we tied against gladbach like that was like the opener and then before that the other games were two wins for Bayern and two losses. So like, it's honestly pretty evenly split now in Gladbach's favorite uh, favor for this last one. But um, like some teams just don't play well against certain teams. So. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, I kind of, I have a couple of points I'm, like moving on from match recaps to talk about. Um, the first one more Chelsea related is Chelsea's contract issues with many of their defenders. I don't know if you guys have seen any of any of the headlines or whatnot 
Um, but apparently, Rudiger, obviously, it seems like he's going to move on. Yeah. And then we have Azpilicueta's up this year, I think, or the next. Christensen's up this year. Thiago Silva's up this year. Um, so they're, those are our four core defenders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> center back. And they're all up. And apparently, Christensen's contract is broken down or something. There's not, it's not going well. Um, which apparently they're, he wants a raise and they were just giving him an, an extension, which I think he's, or like, deserving enough to ask of, yeah. ask for a raise. He's obviously a great player. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen any of that or what you make of any of that, but it's kind of unnerving to know that our entire back line is potentially up for grabs at the end of this year. I think it's, that's, yeah, that is very scary. But I think maybe one of the reasons why, um, we talked about this before with Rudiger, why it's breaking down is these players are valuing themselves very highly right now because they just won the Champions League to continue like the least amount of goals um, <clears throat> in a Champions League run. And although they are quality players, like the Christensen and Rudiger and um, Silva, I guess Silva and Aspie are, um, like if they leave, so be it. They're getting a little older. Um, I think Rudiger and Christensen are going to be key players if we hold on to them. Um, but playing in, in a three in the back makes it a lot easier for them to um, perform. And because they're, I feel like they're coming into this thinking that they can get extremely high value of a contract because they've been performing so well. Um, but we talked about if Rudiger leaves and he plays in the national team, um, sometimes at like a four in the back, he doesn't look the same, you know? Um, so I think Chelsea's management knows this and doesn't want to give him a massive contract because they're not as valuable as they think they are. That's a fair point. But I think one thing to think about is like the value they hold to Chelsea, because obviously they maybe couldn't perform to the same level in a different formation. But the thing is, as far as we know, Tuchel is going to keep playing through in the back Mm -hmm. um, until he doesn't anymore, but for the foreseeable future. Um, And so I think they're obviously playing great at three and a back. So I don't think um, we can really discount the fact that they might not play well in a two in the back system because Mm -hmm. the thing is they're not, you know? Um, And so I think they are deserving to ask for more, which I don't think you're denying either, but so obviously Rudiger, it looks like is going to move on. I'm hoping that talks with Christensen will um, work out because I know he wants to stay at Chelsea. He's said that before. As for Thiago Silva, um, maybe he'll get another one-year extension. I wouldn't be surprised on that either. Similarly mm-hmm. with Asby, the captain, he obviously is loyal, or I assume would want to stay as well. Yeah. But either way, I bet we're going to need to sign at least one new defender. Um, well, that's that's what I was going to ask. Who are some right. who are some players? I mean, like Suler for Bayern, like he's he's going to be on a free. Honestly, oh, Suler would be good. Sula. As a in a three back, I I bet I haven't seen him play that before, but it, he probably could fit in um, on the left side. If yeah. Rudiger is probably the most likely to leave, I would love Sula. Sula is one of my favorite Bayern players, yeah. and I think he's incredible going forward. And that's what you need in the um, in that system, mm-hmm. three in the back system. I think other names yeah. around were uh, Matthias Delict. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
He he's expensive though. He's gonna he want yeah. just as much Could, money as those guys. Is he as expensive as like you? They paid for him though. I like, doubt it. Pay, his, his value 80, must have gone down. Yeah, he like hasn't performed that well at Juve. Um, I guess Juve's like maybe sixth or seventh right now in Serie A. Yeah. Like I bet you guys could like maybe around the 50-60 mark, maybe. I bet more than that, but he's the highest like paid defender in the world right now. He's like he's at like four hundred. Yeah, that's what he'll sign. So no way he takes a two hundred two hundred K plus pay cut. No way he does that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just pay Rudiger two hundred. You know, yeah. Because um, even Nicholas Sula, he probably can demand a pretty high wage. I doubt yeah. his wage is astronomical at Bayern, but going to Chelsea, knowing they need him, he can demand what he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We need to keep up our our level of defending, so we're gonna have to pay at least one person to come join us. Yeah. It's interesting to know that Delic's salary is that high because I'm not even sure he starts. Like, I swear yeah. it's still Bonucci and Chiellini, like, all the time. Or, you know, like, for most of the games. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, he definitely hasn't lived up to kind of his price tag that he thought, which is also kind of a red flag in purchasing him. Um, mm-hmm. Someone like Sula could be more consistent or more more proven. And obviously, it's always a jump up to come play in the Prem. So, there's no right. guarantee that, you know, Delix can play at this at the level we need him to in a tougher league. Yeah, I think um, I think it, it is a very dangerous game paying like players a high, extremely high salary. Um, I know, like in Amer- in American sports, if you do that and they don't perform, that's the death of your team. In European soccer, it's a lot different, but I think it's still um, to an extent that you're putting a lot of of your right. payroll into one player and they don't perform. You're gonna number one, it's gonna be annoying for the rest of the team knowing that the player earning the most wages is is barely performing isn't providing a lot to the team and two um the like these these teams are still somewhat financially strapped like they have to um be somewhat financially minded and paying 400 million for or 400k a week for delict to sell on bench and then you don't have an incredible team right. and ahead of them is probably part of the reason why Juve is performing so so bad. So I think Chelsea should be wary of paying someone like 400 million yeah. or 400k I think, a week. I mean, honestly, I think we should still go for Jules Kounde. I feel like he mm-hmm. would be a better replacement because he's not on as high of wages. That, he plays at Sevilla, right? Yeah, so um, we're first in the league right now. La Liga. Yeah, actually, wow. they're tied with Four-way tie, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's like something ridiculous. With, with Betis, Sociedad, and uh, Madrid, Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, but I think he would be the best replacement because he is kind of two goals pick. Um, so it makes sense to back him up. I don't know if that could be – I doubt that would be a January move, but um, hopefully next summer. Um, I think that would be maybe a better pick. And obviously he's not on the wages that Delict is because he didn't go for a huge signing to Juventus. Um, right. So I think that could be a better pick. And then we just hope that some of these other contracts will work out. Um, pay up, Chelsea. Um, and then I, another, this is a different topic, but another thing that I wanted to mention was that I saw kind of an article. Mm. 
you or, reader or a, you intellectual uh, i'm trying to think uh, the reason i was <laughs> stuttering over articles probably it was probably a youtube video so maybe i wasn't reading but um, <laughs> you um, half intellectual <laughs> um but it was talking about a potential Lewandowski replacement um, of Victor Osimhen. Oh I yeah, I saw that. Any any initial thoughts on that? Because we didn't mention his name last week. We only talked about Holland. Um, well, he's yeah. I've I've actually heard that rumor. Like I think two years ago, he's on Napoli, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know well. how is he? Like you yeah. know, I mean, the goals. And stuff. I mean, Napoli is like okay. first or second in the league, right? Yeah, they're undefeated, I believe. Yeah, he has four goals in the Europa League now and five goals in Syria this year. Wow. Yeah, nine really goals. Good. Yeah, I think AC Milan is yeah, first. They have one loss then... now. Napoli has one loss. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I don't really know too much about him. I know he's been rumored with Bayern before, but then again, like, if you're a good player anywhere, you're going to be rumored with the best teams, you know? So, I still don't know if Bayern is going to – let go of Lewandowski, but if they do it, it's going to be next summer, like we talked about. Um, so it's definitely something to keep our eye on. Yeah, but it, se- it seems like Osiman could be a good replacement. I think they would have to pay huge for him. The fact that I think he went for 70 mil uh, two years ago to Napoli, and they mm-hmm. his form means that they could probably ask for 100 or more than they paid at least. Um, so that would be a huge, huge price. Honestly, potentially more expensive than Holland since he has no release clause. Yeah, and I, he's 22 years old. I had no idea he was that young. Yeah, no, he's really young. He played at so. Lille before, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Lille and Wolfsburg, too. I think he only was at Lille for one year, which is pretty impressive that he... Yeah, I'm wow. looking at transfer market. Lille got him for $25 million US dollars and sold him next year to Napoli for $78 yeah. million. Business. That's ridiculous. Pretty good turnaround. Um, but he could be a good replacement if they're willing to pay that much because he obviously um, is finding his form at a higher level. I think mm-hmm. we can um, probably compare Syria and Bayern or and Bundesliga pretty closely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a huge guy. I mean, he kind of fits the. I'll have to look into like a little bit more about like how exactly he plays and how Napoli plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting option. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. I think that does it for this episode. Um, who I'm trying to think of. Chelsea plays Newcastle this weekend. Um, to, Bayern plays. Who do you say? Uh, Union. Union Berlin. Union Berlin. Um, so two two winnable games. Hopefully Bayern can uh, find their rhythm again. And I'm hoping for a trouncing from Chelsea uh, to keep to keep this momentum and I guess kind of rebound a little bit from their um, false midweek as well. But thank you all for joining us, and we will see you over the weekend. Peace.